0: Greetings everyone and welcome to Longevity Now, the podcast where you can find all of the news and views of Life Extension from around the world. In this episode, we speak with a familiar guest, one of the researchers who led the Mitosens effort at the SENS Research Foundation for several years, Dr. Matthew O'Connor. He is now involved in a different pursuit and a new business, but still something that has been the focus of SENS for a long time. And now I would like to welcome to the Longevity Now podcast, Dr. Matthew O'Connor, co-founder of Underdog Pharmaceuticals. Welcome to the broadcast. It's great to be here with you today, Justin. All right. Give us first off the Cliff Notes version of Underdog Pharmaceuticals. How was it founded and what's the purpose behind the company?
1: Yeah, so Underdog is a spin-out from SENS Research Foundation, where I spent the better part of the last, I think, about nine and a half years uh, working in different areas of SENS research. And for the last several years, we have had a program looking at ways to remove certain toxic cholesterol forms from cells and we called that the Atherosens program. And that is what has developed into the new company, Underdog Pharmaceuticals.
0: Okay. So you're targeting toxic forms of cholesterol in specifically seven keto cholesterol seems to be the bad boy among all different forms of cholesterol. Is that correct?
1: That's right. We're starting out with our first target being seven keto cholesterol. We think it is the the worst cholesterol form and one of the most uh, toxic molecules in biology, and possibly the molecule responsible for the most number of deaths in the world today.
0: Okay, and it mainly has to do with heart disease, uh, the first, say, disease that you are targeting. And for people who don't know, the 7-keto cholesterol cannot be digested appropriately by foam cells by macrophages, and then it builds up. It can't be digested by the lysosomes, and then the foam cells build up in your artery walls and then eventually burst, and that's kind of the progression of how you get heart disease and some of these heart ailments, correct? That's
1: exactly correct. can accumulate really in many uh, cell types, but it does seem to be play a critical role in the development of foam cells and leading eventually to atherosclerosis and cardiovascular uh, events that cause death, just as you described, Justin.
0: Okay, so we got the basics down, and you've developed a specific platform or several variations of one molecule that's based on cyclodextrins that has a high specificity for uh, attaching to 7-keto cholesterol. Is that correct?
1: That's right. Sense Foundation broadly has been interested in targeting 7 keto cholesterol for its entire existence. And so I've been looking at studying and thinking about this problem since then. Uh, but the reason we chose cyclodextrins is that we thought that this was a, and I think it's correct to call it a platform because it has many different possible applications. But in this case, we've optimized new forms of cyclodextrin to try to specifically target 7 keto cholesterol with really high affinity in a way that we could develop a drug that could head to the clinic quickly and maximize safety in animals and, uh, and eventually patients.
0: Because cyclodextrins have been used in medicine and industrial settings for years, right? Maybe decades?
1: Decades, exactly. That's exactly right. And uh, cyclodextrins, they're used for all kinds of industrial purposes. As you say, medical purposes, mostly as excipients, which means they're added as as sort of additives to to many different kinds of medicines. But they are, in the last couple of decades, just starting to be looked at as drugs themselves. And there's uh, one drug on the market that's directly cyclodextrin-based, another that's in clinical trials that we know of, and ours, so we're kind of at at an early stage of trying to develop cyclodextrins as drugs, but as drug additives, they're extremely well characterized and safe, which is a big part of why we picked them.
0: That's good, help me and some of the listeners understand the biology behind how your body uh, uses or processes cyclodextrins, and specifically the forms that you've developed. You know, you would ingest cyclodextrins, they get in the bloodstream, and then they enter your cells, and they eventually just find their way into the lysosome and and attach to 7-keto cholesterol. I mean, that's just my high-level view of it. Could you give a a little bit more understanding of the biology there?
1: So a couple of things. One is that our drugs will probably be uh, delivered intravenously because cyclodextrins are not orally available, it's a common question that we get. And cyclodextrins are fairly large cyclic sugar molecules. And what that means is that they actually somewhat resemble fiber. And so if you eat them, they basically get treated as dietary fiber. And in fact, that's a uh, a common use for other kinds of cyclodextrins is that some of them are approved for use as dietary fiber. Another piece of, uh, of evidence of how safe they are. So you can eat as much cyclodextrin as you want, and it's just going to pass through your digestive tract, but you're not going to absorb hardly any of it into your bloodstream. So we and others are planning to deliver it directly into the bloodstream. Once in the bloodstream, the idea is that it'll travel through the bloodstream interacting with cells that it comes into contact with. And so... Cells, whether they're circulating blood cells or uh, cells in a atherosclerotic plaque, which are obviously right up uh, against the bloodstream with the blood running past them, the cyclodextrins should be able to interact with the cells and remove the 7-keto cholesterol and pull it back out into the bloodstream where it can flow through the bloodstream and be excreted in the feces and urine.
0: So the foam cells, they become enlarged or dysfunctional uh, because their lysosomes get clogged with the 7-keto cholesterol, correct?
1: That's right. It's less of a bulk problem the way total cholesterol can be and more of a highly toxic cholesterol form. And it's, in particular, a potent lysosomal inhibitor and poison. So when 7-KC gets into the lysosome, even in fairly low doses, it tends to shut down lysosomal function, and in the case of the macrophages, causes them to be unable to do their job, which is eating up bulk debris, such as dead cells, And they tend to start accumulating lipids in their lysosome because they can no longer metabolize them properly.
0: And then the cyclodextrins would be able to get into the lysosome, attach to the 7-keto cholesterol, and then be excreted from the foam cells.
1: Well, yes, possibly, probably. I want to be a little careful about making too broad of claims there. For one, it's in the field, it's been a bit controversial about how well cyclodextrins actually get into the lysosome. And the the biggest problem there is that cyclodextrins are difficult to measure small concentrations inside of cells. And for me to be able to say it's in this part of the cell, not that part of the cell, is is a very challenging uh, experiment to do. And so it's been difficult, even in cases where you, say, have a cell that has a specific lysosomal storage disease, which is something we've learned a lot about in designing our cyclodextrins. We've studied a lot. And so there's a particular lysosomal storage disease that cyclodextrins are in clinical trials for trying to treat. And it works very well in cells that have this lysosomal dysfunction and in animal models that have this lysosomal storage disease and now in the human clinical trials. However, it's even still controversial about what claiming that the cyclodextrins are acting directly on the lysosome just because it's so hard to measure that directly. So that's the sorry, very nerdy part, but it's a little hard to make that direct claim, but that's a common model is that it could pass through those membranes, get into the lysosome, pull out, in our case, the
0: 7-keto cholesterol,
1: and help excrete it directly from the cell. That would be the simplest way that it could be working. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, and then you would expect that the the macrophages, the foam cells, would return to normal health? That would be the, the certainly
1: the hope and fantasy. Now, now, foam cells are pretty far gone. They're kind of like senescent cells, which the, the dogma, the prevailing paradigm with senescent cells, is that once they go senescent, they never go back, and so it's best just to get rid of them. Okay. Uh, and so in the case of foam cells, that's certainly the prevalent paradigm, which is that once they go foam, they never go back. And so whether we will be able to demonstrate a complete reversal of that phenotype or more of a prevention of that phenotype is still something that we're working on proving. And we are working on that actively in the lab and should have an answer for the world, you know, hopefully sometime this year. But I think our technology will work in either case, because macrophages come along and try to eat foam cells. So if you have a new foam cell that you can protect, it might be able to come along and clean up the existing foam cells, even if we can't reverse the original foam cell. But we're optimistic that we are having an effect on existing foam cells and reducing their lipid profile and such in our preliminary experiments. I'm optimistic that we're going to have a big effect on the function
0: So it sounds like you do have some uh, in vitro success or some in vitro validation that you are getting the 7-keto cholesterol out of the cells.
1: Yes, it's early days, but uh, all of our preliminary data is looking extremely promising.
0: What is the potential for your novel cyclodextrins to bind to other types of small molecules, whether they're important or unimportant for the body, or toxic or non-toxic?
1: Well, I'll say two things about that. One is that our basic platform technology is applicable to optimization to any small hydrophobic molecule that we want to target. So in our case, as we keep saying, we're focusing on keto cholesterol and trying to optimize our new cyclodextrins for those. And so what we do is a multi-step process to try to optimize the specificity for 7-keto cholesterol. We start with computational modeling to test their affinity for, to predict their affinity for 7-keto cholesterol versus cholesterol as our basic comparator. We can then do a virtual screen against other small hydrophobic biomolecules such as steroid hormones that uh, we might not want to get rid of, such as other sterols and precursors, uh, metabolic precursors to cholesterol, and also including vitamins like vitamin D that uh, related to sterols and steroids. So uh, we can do a virtual screen for off-target effects, and then we can do an automated in vitro screen where we take a small library of these uh, biomolecules out of the freezer and run them through a uh, an automated binding assay and show whether or not our new cyclodextrin that we're testing Uh, whichever one it is, what kind of effect it has on all these different potential targets.
0: Well, I can see now after that answer that a lot of people are going to get very excited about this potential platform of creating multiple different novel cyclodextrins to target multiple different small molecules within the body. I suspect you've thought about that going forward in the future for other diseases besides heart disease.
1: Yeah, we definitely have, and we're fortunately or unfortunately not. We've spent a lot of time fantasizing about all of those that we want to be working on. So far, all of our work in, in targeting other potential damage molecules and diseases is virtual, but as we hopefully have a great deal of success with our first uh, 7KC targeting drug, we uh, we hope to be gaining more resources to go after other targets.
0: Okay. And then when can people expect that you might, uh, just a rough estimate, might begin a first uh, human clinical trial for your 7-keto cholesterol targeting cyclodextrin?
1: Yeah. Believe it or not, we're pretty far advanced in planning for clinical trials and for regulatory meetings with FDA and other regulatory agencies in the world. So, We're hoping for FDA authority to conduct clinical trials in about three years.
0: Okay. And then just, I guess, one last question. It's uh, not specifically related to your particular platform, but just heart disease in general. And what I think you've mentioned before in some presentations, it seems as though uh, mainstream doctors, mainstream researchers, just, haven't really gotten a handle on the true nature of the plaque buildup and that leads to heart disease and that it took the SENS Research Foundation to kind of break through and come up with a different paradigm. What can you say about confronting and going around the mainstream view on a disease like heart disease? Why is it so tough for people to come into or understand new ideas?
1: Yeah, it's, well, I'd say it's both what you're saying about new ideas and the opposite of just building upon old ideas. So me and my group, we wrote a review paper summarizing all of the available information about 7-keto cholesterol in heart disease, in, uh, in aging generally, and it was a huge review with well over 200 references focused on these biological questions going back to decades into the research. And so, in some ways, it's a controversial thing to say something bold like 7 keto cholesterol causes cardiovascular disease. But on the other hand, there's literally hundreds of papers that support this statement out there. And so, it's not controversial that 7KC is a terribly toxic molecule that builds up and causes all kinds of problems in many different kinds of cells and tissues. Now, when you get it to the clinical level and start talking about why aren't doctors looking at this? why aren't drugs targeting that, it's, you know, some of it has just been the the Sens Foundation and the Aubrey De Grey sort of, you know, beat the drum and focus on saying, hey, let's look at the root causes. Let's not just look at very downstream effects. Let's not just measure total circulating blood levels like cholesterol and try to draw some rough correlations between you know, between easy to measure blood levels and disease and then treat the, the symptoms rather than the disease. But let's start at step one and follow it all the way to its logical conclusions and try to target that step one. So that's what's both, both controversial and revolutionary and really simple about the SENS approach is that you start from root causes and you treat the disease by going to the root cause, not uh, by looking only at the symptoms.
0: Okay. Well, Dr. O'Connor, I wish you the best success here coming up in the next couple of years uh, with underdog pharmaceuticals. And thank you for joining us on the Longevity Now podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Justin. It's been a lot of fun talking to you here today.
0: More and more SEND's ideas to repair aging damage are finding homes in the private sector, and we are closer to clinical trials than ever before. Pay attention to underdog pharmaceuticals. In a short couple of years, we might have validation whether removing 7-keto cholesterol helps rejuvenate an aging cardiovascular system. Until next time, I'm Justin Lowe.